0: father God I just uh, Holy Spirit ask for your power I ask for knowledge wisdom and understanding for discernment to only say what you want said to only do what you want do and that when whatever we say and do that it is in power and that it continues to uh, bring alignment in our life. Holy Spirit, just like Paul said, I could—I don't have these great, amazing words in seminary and theology, but the preaching is by demonstration of power in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alright, I'm going to keep moving. Feel free that if you need to leave, Leave. I'm going to try to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is doing, to what Father is doing, and only say what needs to be said. I had somebody tell me, I think it was this week, that sometimes just because I have a whole lot to say doesn't mean God wants it to be said. Did I say that right? I think, yeah. So the video, very powerful. We giggle and we laugh, and some of you seen it last week. But there's so much truth in it. How many of you would want your son to marry a woman like that? Or how many of you that have sons would want your, you know, would want him to act that way, like the girl did? And see, it, it's a great reference of our relationship with Christ. Christ gave everything to us for us to be with us, and he wants everything. He doesn't want us to say, oh, but But yeah, but I really like to do this thing, or I really want to do this, or that's really not so bad, uh, so I want both. We're we're in a season, again, of awareness, and I believe many of us, and and I have to, when I say many of us, I include Mike Brown in this, that we have rode the fence. The Bible talks about riding the fence, talks about you can't serve two masters, talks about, I really thought today, are you hot or cold? You know, because there's something about that scripture where he says, I would rather you be hot or cold instead of lukewarm. Anybody ever grab a big swig of lukewarm water on a hot day? Well, you, you don't drink on lukewarm water because bacteria grows in it. It's either hot so it's pure or cold so it's pure. But when it starts to get lukewarm, little nasties and stuff get in it take a big drink on a hot day of lukewarm water that's been sitting for four days and you'll spit it out. I don't want Jesus to spit me out and, and, and sometimes what happens is we start to share these messages we become uh, responsible as leaders to make sure that we're doing it in our own life and then and then we have to, we need to share I want to see a, a Not just a revival, but I I often refer to it as a renaissance. A renaissance is a marking in the age of time. That they came out of the dark ages and the renaissance was creative and something changed. I grew up with revival meetings in churches. I I grew up going to a weekend revival or a a two-week revival. I don't don't want that. I know you don't want that. But it requires getting sin out of our life. Amen? Amen? We have to move forward. We have to have to get this stuff out. And I think really the only thing I'm going to recap from is I talked to Alexis about sharing the story on grace where in our marriage counseling she was talking about always being on time and Austin's like, no, you're, you're not. You're always like showing up 10 minutes late. And She goes, but I've got this grace period. And we talked about how in that grace period, even though she can show up at eight ten and still be there on time, not late, but that, And she would still receive benefits, she would still get her pay, she would still have her job, Walmart would still use her in her position, but she would never get promotion. Right. And I believe God's at a point where a lot of us, I hear, I want promoted, I want God to promote me, I want to do more, I want to do more, I want God to do this. And then we always blame somebody else and say, well, you're not promoting me, you're not using me, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. And I used to be one of those guys. Sorry, Tom and Eric, where you would say, Man, you're just holding me back. Or maybe I wouldn't say it, but I would think it. And they would say, Mike, we're not holding you back. And they were right, me was holding me back. And and God was not even, He was, there was resistance there because God knew and He wanted me to represent something bigger than myself. And I still don't do it right. It it's still rough, and and you guys have seen it. But there there comes a point in time too where we see that and, and we apologize and then we've got to be like, look, we just I gotta push through. I gotta go. And and the whole point of, of taking advantage of the grace is when you take advantage of grace, you won't get promoted. Right. Now, sometimes we think that these things aren't sin in our life and we're not taking advantage of grace, again, because I'm seeing people healed and signs and wonders and my ministry's growing and people are coming to me and churches growing. All this stuff, and that's all good stuff. However, you're still right here because you've taken advantage of the grace, and you're still riding that grace period all the time. We have to get over that. Amen? Holy Spirit, help me. If I was going to put a, a label on this message, and I, and I don't know if I did a real good job last week or not on it, but I want to do it this week. And that is we need to define sin, which we have been. And it would have been nearly impossible last week to go through everything in Galatians and Ephesians and Romans that, that lasciviousness and, and backbiting and backstabbing and, got, and hit every single one of those and try to give you a definition. It's just impossible. And that's where trust and faith comes in, that Holy Spirit is already letting you know what those things are. But I want you to know, if you do have a question and you're like, I don't know what that is, come see me, Eric, Tom, Michelle, uh, Karen, my wife, your life group leader. Go up to them and say, I don't know what this is. Will you help me? That's part of the job of equipping and being a five-fold ministry church is we don't have to do all of it. Amen. So if you have questions on that, go ask them. But we need to define sin, even the areas that I touched on earlier When I know to do good and I don't do it, it's sin. So when God asked me and Tom gets up here and shares about his trip and you feel this tug, man, I know it's it's good to give. And you ignore it. That's sin. Now I'm not begging for your money and I'm not begging for Tom. I'm using that because that's a perfect example. When you know to do good and you don't do it, it's sin. So we have to uh, acknowledge those things. We have to see what God is highlighting. and Then we have to get aggressive with it. And that's the part that brings me some life, even when we talk about sin. Because nobody wants to hear about sin. We don't want to preach about sin. I've heard about sin all my life, and hell, fire, and brimstone, and you'll go to hell when you, if you're lost, and if you keep watching and doing that thing. There is truth to that. And there is fear that's in behind that. But what you need to hear and what God is wanting to use me to do with all of you is help bring encouragement to know that I have the power to conquer my sin. Grace is not just the the thing that covers it. Because what happens when we cover sin, it still follows us. And we're like, oh, wait, I'm just going to work my muscles and my faith muscles and, and I get stronger. And we ignore it so long that this big sheet of grace is in behind us and we got stuff attached to us. No, you need to turn around and grab that sheet of grace and put it on like a cape and, and face it. I have to engage my will in the sin that I'm facing and not ignore it and say, Yes, I know all these things. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to push through so you can see fruit that I can have victory over it. We are in Christ, and like we said last week, Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. So if I believe that, that he is in me and I am in him, I have the power to conquer that, right? And you should have the, con- the power to conquer it. And it's about leaving here today knowing that, all right, God showed me last week what I have to face. Now I leave this place and I face it, and I don't ignore it another week because God wants to use me to change a city and a county and a state and a nation. Amen. But you can't do it just coming to church every Sunday and saying, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. And then Friday night, you're back at the bar. Or Friday night, you're you know, going and buying your stuff. Or you know, you're smoking your joint somewhere because you don't want nobody to, to see you. Or you're meeting with your girls. And we talked about gossip. And how even gossip is big here. We're not talking about Big C, Big Church, Newcastle. We're talking about Mike Brown and and Ashley and Austin and Eric. We're talking about Little C, New Covenant Worship Center. What do we need to do so we can have victory, so we can grow? Amen? Be aggressive. Because when you look at Jesus and you look at the cross, he was aggressive. All right? That takes a lot takes a lot of strength. He was aggressive with sin. Amen? So you have to not take advantage of grace. I have to not take advantage of grace. We have to use it as the strength, conquer it, and face. And I believe it's Colossians 3, verse 5. Go ahead and bring it up. I like this version. It says, put to death put to death therefore whatever belongs to your earthly nature and we could read all that and it's got all that stuff put to death and we use the hunting scenario brian when he goes hunting and chad when he goes hunting they kill it and they can see it from afar off and they can shoot it but to do everything they need to do so they get victory so it brings healing so it brings food so it brings nourishment is they got to get right up on it and they got to get their tools out and they got to kill it and gut it and skin it, and hang it up, and prepare it, and that's what I am in the process of doing. I don't have total victory. I have some, but I want to help bring encouragement to you so we can raise up an army of people who say, I will no longer ignore the sin, even the little things that are in my life. And even we talked about how Paul said, not all things are sin, but not everything is beneficial. And we used a lot of that. I've talked to some of you, and you've been very gracious You've received the word. You've allowed Holy Spirit to talk to you. And I was talking to one person and they said, yeah, God took away my wine. Well, that's not me telling you what is wrong. That is Holy Spirit bringing conviction to you. Now, what I want to help do is, is we have to get past that, woe is me. I don't get a drink wine with the girls in the hot tub anymore, you know. Or... Man, I sure did like that show, and now I can't watch it, you know, oh me, you know, the Eeyore effect. No, we need to think of it this way. Guess what? God's bringing me freedom so I can bring freedom to other people because I represent something so much bigger than a little glass of wine or, or whatever it is that I want to see. It's about you guys. It's about how God having his inheritance and not about me having a little bit of fun. That's right. Amen. Amen? Man, I feel really good now. I, we could. Who wants to go till 2 o'clock? Just joking, kind of. Well, did somebody say preach it have you seen the Facebook thing you know the guy <laughs> the guy's on there somebody passed it around and, and he goes there's always that one when it gets to 1205 and everybody's wanting to go eat and the preacher says one last point and that one person stands up and says preach it brother <laughs> thank you Tina I will try not to do that because we got kids back in the back all right Uh, A comment that someone shared with me too even this week was that we don't love people in their weakness. We want to love people based on their maturity. And even when we do that, that is a sin. When I love you because of not just what you can do for me, but because you're mature and you're not a young believer full of zeal who is like challenging me, you know, when you're calling me 52 times a day, you know. I want to, you just, you, you have to love people in their weakness. The comment was, we don't love people in their weakness. It's selfish. And you know why it's selfish? Because we don't want to love them because it messes with my freedom. Yeah. When, I be, when I'm when i selfish and I don't want to love people who aren't mature, I don't do it because it messes with my freedom, my free time. Amen? Okay, we only want to love them when they're mature. Okay. So, in this whole thing about freedom, we even talked about that, how we have been such a good church that has, maybe we didn't go into this, but this is where we're going to go. We talked about freedom and how we encourage you to be free and for you to do what God's called you to do. what's happened, not just in the body of Christ, here, is that we have preached freedom so much that... We have uh, went past its borders, okay, because one of the things that sin is described as is defined as transgression, which is going across the boundary. Freedom is defined by hard core boundaries. And I'm going to steal this from Tom. The United States is a free country defined by borders, laws, structure a hard line i know when i cross into canada i don't have the same freedom amen the the oceans on the other sides in mexico at the bottom and then when you go over in the gulf and the ocean whatnot anyway hard lines defines freedom what we've gotten into including myself is because i'm free i can do whatever i want and not consider someone else We've crossed from freedom into lawlessness. We go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Now, in that, I'm just prepping for where Tom's going to go here in a few weeks. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. So I'm not going to tell you how to define that. you got to figure out where are you in lawlessness. Where are me and my family in lawlessness, okay? We have... We've completely, freedom is defined by boundaries. We have mistaken freedom for lawlessness. So here are some points I came up with when we start talking about my freedom. When we say, uh, I hate to keep going back to this, but I'm going to anyway. When we talk about drinking, there's no hard line in the Bible that says to have a drink is sin. And there's no place in the Bible that says if you smoke a cigarette, it's sin. All right? It's not, it's not in there. Now, we take things and we translate and we interpret, you know, our temple and how we need to take care of it. But what we do is when we've gotten all this freedom because we've been bound up so much, we say, oh, I can have a drink. I'm, I'm free. I can have some wine. I can have a couple, three beers. I can smoke a cigarette because I'm free. Now, you just deal with it, brother. You just deal with it, sister, because God freed me. So I can run around in a tube top. Now nobody wants to see <laughs> nobody wants to see me in a tube top. I guess if we're using Mike Brown, for instance, we could say I can walk around in my shorty shorts on the roof. Okay, <laughs> you know, if I'm Rob Simmons, I can. No. <laughs> there is a picture out there somewhere. Me and Robber of Kindred Spirits with the '70s shorts, just so you know. <laughs> but anyway, I represent something bigger than me. Amen. And just because. I'm free to wear shorts or work on a roof without my shirt on doesn't always mean that I should if I take a few extra moments and say, Lord, this is the house I'm going to. It's going to be a hot day. Can I, can I work with my shirt off? If I know it's probably a house full of ladies, I'm probably not going to. It's not because I'm afraid, you know... <laughs> All this, you know, come on. (laughs) But I'm thinking of them, all right? I'm thinking of what I represent, all right? I'm loving well. I'm loving them because maybe they are struggling, all right? In all seriousness, maybe their relationship with their, you know, husband isn't very good. So what if I go up there and I stroll up there and I'm wearing next to nothing and sweating, even though I'm... All right, look... Here's what I'm saying. Here, here, let, let's focus, all right? Here's, here's what we're getting at, is I don't need to do anything that will allow even a little bit of temptation. All right? I can't give the enemy, I can't allow him, I can't, if it's Galena, I don't want to give Galena, I don't want to give the enemy more ammunition to give to Galena, all right, to throw at God. Because, see, that's part of the problem. <laughs> you want, You want to... All right, because listen, when we talk about David's sin and when David got caught with Bathsheba, you go and when you read all that, God, it wasn't so much that David sinned. There's a line there that says you have given your enemy basically more ammunition to say who is this God? I don't want to do that because there's enough of that out there already. All right. So if I got to sweat more and be hotter and take two other shirts and have a farmer's tan, then that's what I got to do. There's nothing wrong with me not, but if I'm uh, not listening to the Lord and I'm not taking into consideration my brother or my sister, I am in sin. Amen. Does that make sense? So I said all that to say this when we do that kind of thing and we just go ahead and do it, we're saying my freedom is more important than. Your conviction. My freedom is more important than your purity. My freedom is more important than your sobriety. My freedom is more important than your health. We, last week, I can have four Big Macs if I want, but I if I'm with my brother, I'm not going to be hanging out eating four Big Macs when I know what he's doing to bring health to his body. Amen. My freedom is more important than someone else's freedom. When I'm doing that and I'm saying that, those are the words and the actions that's coming forth. What's more important, your freedom or the final destination of a soul? Amen. And, that, and that's, that's what we have to think of. Now, what we don't want to get into is legalism And I know some of you can be sitting there thinking, man, no, I can't do nothing, and you know, i got to sit in my house and and dress like a nun. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying, all right? Take into consideration this, because we've talked about this. We have, because you could take it to the other extreme. Well, Mike, there are some people that, uh, you know, they wear dresses all the time. Some people don't wear jewelry. So should I start wearing jewelry and grow my hair out and and and? Do just so I don't cause them to sin? Are you in relationship with them? Big difference. I'm in relationship with you guys. I know you. I see you. We talk on a consistent basis. We share meals together. We do things together. I'm in relationship with you. So that's where you can draw the line. Some of these other people I just kind of may know, but I'm not in relationship. I'm not doing life with them. So I don't have to have my wife wear a long dress and grow her hair out just to please them, to cause them not to stumble. Not in relationship. Does that make sense? Did I say that right, Tom? Yeah, kind of. You can tell me later. I know. I tried. I wrote it down and I couldn't find it. So anyway, let's read, let's read what Paul says right here. Paul tells the Romans, "...so then each of you will give an account to himself to, uh, of himself to God." Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block. I'm in Romans 14, uh, verses 12 and 13. Go ahead and pull that up. Therefore, let us uh, stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Next. Then he goes on to say, So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. Write that down. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. That's where legalism starts to come in. Go to the next verse. But, whatever, but whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat because they're eating it not from faith. And everything that does not come in faith is sin. Now I'm going to give an example because this whole week, how many of you, since you've been hearing this message and you're asking God and Holy Spirit, highlight some stuff in my life, that this week you were given more opportunities than normal to sin and do things that you were trying to get out of your life. I'm one of them. Anybody want to be brave enough to say, yep, I had some instances You know, I had some things that I told some people that I was going to do, and I didn't want to go do it, but I pushed through, all right? I wanted to lie to some people over stupid stuff. Those are old things that it never says that you won't get, you won't be tempted, but I had to say, all right, am I going to practice what I preach? Am I going to get aggressive and say, I'm going to push on through, all right? So, but I also don't want to do anything that it calls a brother or sister to stumble. Amen? Yep. So, we teach team ministry here, correct? So, me, you know, and I sometimes have been controversial. And I, if I have hurt you in that, I apologize. But I also want to say thank you because some of you have come directly to me this week to talk to me, ask questions, say things, and you don't. Didn't go behind anybody else's. You didn't go behind my back. That's what we're supposed to do. Mike, can you clarify this? Mike, I don't think you should have said that. Mike, what about this? What about that? And we talk. We, that's what the body is supposed to do. Amen? So I had this video that, man, I'm like, we're going to do it. So what do I do? My wife says, hey, Mike, maybe you better not. Maybe you better show it to a couple, three other people. See what they have to say. Oh, my. but it's so good, you know. So we send it. And the points that were brought back to me were very valid. And they were truth. So at that point, then I had to make a decision. Do I practice what I preach? Or do I do what I think that I want to do because it's just so good? Well, we're not going to show it. Who <laughs> said ugh? Uh, <laughs> all right, but there's reasons why. Good and bad, but we work as a team here. But there was wisdom that my wife had that I needed to listen to, that wisdoms that other had that I needed to listen to. So even in that yesterday, there was a lot that came at me that I wanted to just go ahead and do. But it could cause someone... To see or think something. So you don't do it. I'm not going to cause someone to stumble. Even though it doesn't matter what I think. Amen. So there were examples. There were things that even I'm having to deal with. So it is 1220. You didn't even stop at 1205? I didn't stop at 1205. All right, let's do this. Because I want to honor. I want to honor Camp Grizzly. Um and I feel like we should. Amen. Uh, are we fine with? I'm, I'm going to hit one more point and we're going to go. It's a visual. And then we'll keep moving forward in this. Amen. Who wants victory in their life? I want victory in my life. Who wants to get aggressive with their sin? I want to get aggressive. Say I will get aggressive. Will get aggressive. All right, cool. I need to do something. I want you to think for a minute, about sin, and some things that we say are sin, okay, because I hope this gives us a uh, little uh, teaching model here, all right, so I think Connie Juleson showed this to me one time, or she did by accident and didn't know she did, but Um, I will somebody, I'll start, Oh, yes, I can put it up on the stage. Sorry, I will prefer my brother and my sister. (laughs) All right, can we see better? All right, so I'm going to start out. Okay, so right here is a box. Can you see it? This box represents sin. Okay, this box is going to represent the sin of I know to do good, but I don't do it. Because that's a lot that we ignore that. We don't put a lot of emphasis on that. Would you agree? We just kind of ignore it. So, to do good. What about, give me another little thing that we would see as sin, but we would probably ignore. Huh? So, what about going to the movie? that might have an R rating, if it's, conv- if it's convicted you, okay? I'm not saying don't go to R-rated movies. You figure that out, all right? We'll say R movie, all right? So, why don't we, somebody give me something that we definitely view as sin that's a little bit bigger. No, that's too big. Gossip, that's a great one. Give me one more. Lying. lying. Who said that? Yes. Gossip. And lying. All right. So now we're going to we're going to bump it up. Okay. So let's go a little bit bigger. Uh, let's not go getting drunk yet. Let's say uh, not, not. That is a great one. Not. Paying my bills all right and let's go with um, some somebody give me something not doing, not doing a good job that's a really good one not honoring uh, we'll get there that's that's a big one <laughs> not honoring okay. Let's go with having three glasses of wine before bed. Instead of one. That you that Paul says one is good for the belly. Three will knock you out. (laughs) All right. We'll put we'll put extra wine. All right, now. Overindulgence, that's good. So, all right. Let's get a little more serious. Uh, that's a little too big yet. Let's go with. Uh, let's go with. Well, give me something. Well, that would be down here. What? Manipulation. manipulation. Is that what? Witchcraft. witchcraft. Yep. Manip- I don't know how to spell that, so we're going to go with M. <laughs> <laughs> you guys laughed. <laughs> All right, let's go with manipulation. Let's go with drunkenness, okay? Drunk. And let's go with thinking about cheating on our spouse. Because we think thinking is okay, even though the word specifically talks about adultery in Matthew, and I think even in Mark as well. And he says, if you even think about adultery, you have committed it. Amen? So let's put thinking about sin. thinking about sin now we're gonna do a couple more oh where are we at teenagers perfect turn teenagers oh Benjamin give me a a higher up sin than drinking and thinking about it uh, I like that one we're gonna put that one over here and because I can't spell it we'll use P <laughs> give me one Benjamin That would be a lie. That's a good one. All right, let's go with this. What about sex before marriage? Yeah, we'll go. It's down here. All right, so let's go. I'm running out of ink. Sex before marriage. All right. Pornography. Porn. What about cheating on your spouse? Right. Bullying. We'll go with that. Bullying and, let's say, stealing. Okay? Would you say that this is an honest thought process we go through of how we analyze and group sin? We categorize it. Would you agree? And we, we, we say that um, this sin is bigger than that sin. Would you say that's our thought process? All right, let's go one more. All right, because this is gonna be a this this one's this will probably be the one that challenges us the most. All right, murder. we're gonna go murder, and we're huh? Well, I'm gonna say that one can stay over here somewhere. I'm thinking murder, and how about um, child porn? C h i c h i l d, and sex slavery. What about uh, witchcraft, ISIS? We would, we would probably, we would throw, um, we would probably throw the fact of uh, child molestation in there, and that that would be our big one, right? Okay. Huh? Cursing, using the Lord's name in vain. I w- yeah, that's. Yeah, well, that would probably be a good one somewhere in there. All right, so let's focus. We got some good ones. You're, you're thinking in the right track. But what if, and this is how we view it, and most of us would argue that is exactly how it is. But it's a lie, all right? This is an earthly view of how we see sin when our Father views it from a kingdom perspective. When he views sin from up above, all right, and I can't, I can't get one up here, but you, you get the point. See, we look at it from an earthly point of view, and that's why we ignore some of these. Okay, we ignore these, and we're like, because what, yeah, they're not that bad, because what happens, here's kind of where we're at, we're right here. And we're like, that's our line, and I can still serve God and reap benefits to a degree, and because I am, this really isn't sin. But when we start getting into these, that's when we say, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Exactly. This will always move because we are looking at it from an earthly perspective instead of God's kingdom perspective, where he looks down and he says, sin, sin. Now, here's where this is accurate. All right. Kingdom perspective on what sin actually looks like. This is how it affects others. Would you agree? See, I, if I don't do good, I think it doesn't affect anybody but myself and maybe the other person that I'm supposed to do good to. Or I go to the R-rated movie, doesn't we think it doesn't really affect anybody? All right, and it does have a lower effect. This right here starts going up the chain. More people get affected. Affected. More paint gets on more people. Would you agree? And that's why, that's why we need to look at it. We kind of need to change our mindset in knowing that this is how we view sin. This is how it affects others. But our sin affects people in general. Yes. All right? This registers the effect... Alright, small effect on somebody when I lie, big effect if I molest a kid. Would you agree? It's the effect. What you need to know, and as we're wrapping up and we're leaving here, go ahead and stand up. You have to get aggressive with this, or you will not get aggressive with that. If you don't get aggressive with this in your life, You will never get aggressive with this because each one of these has one of these others in it. When you go to the bigger sins, it's always got, oh, I should have done good instead of bad. I shouldn't have probably went to that movie. I shouldn't be gossiping. I start lying because all of these includes all of that. And it gets harder to confront and it gets harder to get aggressive. Would you believe? Believe me with that? You need to get aggressive even with the little stuff. Your sin affects and has an effect on you now, even though you don't think it does. We think we get by with it because it has no effect. Because, oh, I I didn't get an STD. Oh, she didn't get pregnant. Well, I didn't get that drunk. Well, even though I did, I didn't drive because I didn't kill nobody. I didn't get in a wreck. Your sin affects someone now and you and the future. We're going to end with reading. You need to read Joshua 13. We all know the story of David and Goliath, correct? And that David had to kill Goliath, correct? Do you know why David had to kill Goliath? Because of the disobedience of Joshua. 350 years between Joshua, what God told Joshua to do, and what David ended up being called to do. 350 years, God said, Joshua, go into the land of Canaan that I promised Moses and wipe them out. Get aggressive. Clean it out. God kills sin because he knows what sin's effect is on family, trees, and people. He told Joshua, kill them. If you want what I have for you, if you want what I've promised, kill them. Take it over. And Joshua killed some. Not all. You know who he made a treaty with? The Philistines and the land of Gath. Where was Goliath from? He was from the land of Gath. So you may think right now, in this room, you're getting by with something. My sin, what I did, my porn is not affecting anybody. My cigarette smoking is not affecting anybody. You are deceived. My love of sports isn't affecting anybody. You are deceived if it has become an idol. Amen? you need to get aggressive now with what god has asked you to do so in 50 years your kid isn't dealing with it That's right. i have to get aggressive with what's in me and i have to get it and i have to kill it because if i don't mckinley's going to have to face it and if she don't face it her kids are going to face it and if they don't face it their kids are going to have to and what happens it grows it gets bigger 350 years worth of garbage to where David came up and said, I'll get aggressive. You get aggressive, and I promise Jesus will meet you. Now, he might not come running the first time you go up and you say, I'm gonna fight this thing and I'm gonna kill it. But I'm telling you, he's on the side. Go, go, kill it. And he's pulling you in and he, and you're going to have to keep moving and pushing because there comes a point when he's like, Alex is serious. And he comes in and he gives help and he brings more anointing and things break off and refreshing comes. Who needs some refreshing? How many have said, man, I need more of God's refreshing. I believe that what happened this morning is a direct effect of many of you dealing with some sin. Some of you got refreshed. You know why? Because you said, hmm, there's some truth in what that messed up guy said. So I'm going to look past the messenger and go to the one who delivered the message, and I'm going to kill my sin. So Father God, I just thank you for this time that your anointing will take this word, you will drop it in the soils of our heart, and that we will realize that we are anointed to conquer sin, that you have called us to live right now, today, and for the rest of our lives. You have called us to live holy in such a way that this earth is not familiar with, that you have called us to get aggressive and to face sin in a way that this world is unfamiliar with, that that even makes the world uncomfortable because we have agreed to conquer and deal with sin and not just use grace to cover it up. So we thank you that you are empowering people. You're highlighting more areas and you are giving us strength and you are bringing truth and light into darkness. Repeat after me. I am called to live holy. In such a way that this earth is unfamiliar with, I am called to conquer my sin in such a way that this earth is unfamiliar with, I am called, I am anointed, I have the power through the Holy Spirit and Jesus' final work on the cross to conquer my sin. Thank you, Lord. Be blessed and have an amazing day, and we'll see you next week.